The unwritten rules of Facebook. It cut all of our ad costs by over 70%. How do you want to be able to take in all of this data that's around us? Some of these campaigns have done up to $20 million in sales. I think this is going to be the future for the next 10 years. And now here is The Win with your hostess, serial entrepreneur, marketeer, and chief sexy boss, Heather Havenwood. Look, our whole world revolves around our iPhone, iPad, Droid. You know they say we look at our phones on average 150 times a day? And if you're a small business and want to actually grow, you need to reach people where they're looking at and listening the most, their smartphones. See, marketing via text messaging is a great way to start, and it's super easy. Just text the word START to 72000 to learn more about my friends at Mobit. They're marketing experts, and they will show you how to use text messaging for your business and to get more leads and convert them amazingly. Again, text the word START to 72000. Again, that's text the word START, S-T-A-R-T, to 72000. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Win. Hey, winners, this is Heather Havenwood, and I am talking to you today here in Austin, Texas with another fellow Austin Texian. Is that a word? I'm not sure. With Daniel Hall. I'm Daniel Hall, are you on the line? I am here, Heather. A Texian? I don't know. Austin Texian? I don't know if that's a word, but I think Austin Knight. It would probably be more appropriate. Austin Knight, right? And I just want to give, you know, I'm going to give you, go into your bio and all that kind of fun stuff so they know who the heck you are. But right now you're my bestie, as I call it, because you gave me tickets to ACL Festival here in Austin, Texas. It was awesome. (laughs) Glad to do it, my dear. Glad to do it. And if you guys don't know what that is, I don't know what to tell you. You're missing out. So ACL Festival, it's about 15 years it's here in Zilco Park, and I live literally next to it, so I can walk there. And I, I've never gone. I sell my parking spot for a lot of money every year, but I never walked into the pearly gates. And so he called me and said, I have some tickets. And it was awesome. So I saw Willie Nelson. I did. I saw Willie Nelson. You saw him, too. You were somewhere in the crowd. And yeah. Matthew McConaughey comes out. He's like, what did he say when he came out? I forgot now. One of his lines that he says. He all right, all right, all right. Yeah, and you know what's so funny? I mean, everyone knew immediately it was him, even though you couldn't see him. Like, that's oh, Matthew McConaughey. You know, it was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> and then we had Mumford Sons. It was great. So I just want to say, who's Daniel Hall? Let me tell you guys who I'm talking to. So you can come to speed with our conversation. He's not only the podcast host of realfastresults.com. But Daniel Hall is a best-selling author, speaker, publisher, nurse, attorney, and, of course, host of RealFastResults.com. He is also the creator of the highly popular Real Fast brand of training products. He left law practice 10 years ago to build his publishing business and has never looked back. Never looked back. Never looked Mm -hmm. back. That's true. Daniel is a true serial entrepreneur, and his list of URLs is longer than a piece of paper. So you can check out all of his stuff at DanielHallPresents.com. Or check out his Real Fast Results podcast, which is awesome. And I was just on a couple of weeks ago. So check that out. So Daniel, I mean, ACL was great. You live in Austin. Now you just moved to Austin from San Antonio, yeah? Well, actually from Corpus. But yes, this past uh, summer came up here and said, you know, hey, this is this is great. It's such a sort of an epicenter Mm -hmm. of uh, entrepreneurial activity. 
you know, like I gotta be here. So yeah, we basically moved mountains and, and came on up and I'm so glad I did. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I see you all the time at the internet marketing party, which is tonight. So I'll see you there as well. And it's always fun to hang out with Austinites and, and entrepreneurs in our local backyard. I want to ask you about your law practice though, real quick, if you don't mind. Yeah, Where'd you it. go to law? Curious. I went to uh, Texas Tech University School okay. of Law. Okay. And then where'd you practice as they call it? What do you practice? In Corpus Christi. What kind of law? Well, see, I have my uh-huh. nursing degree, and I had a one during that time. I had actually had a nursing license, so uh, an RN and a BSN. So when I got out of law school, I went basically and was working with physicians and putting together business entities for you know healthcare management and healthcare law, and we did some medical malpractice as well. Interesting. So, I mean, that's a far that's far far away from our world. I mean, you know what I mean? It's very far far away. Where's that bridge that brought you off from that land into the Mars, as I call it? <laughs> what happened there? Uh, I don't, I don't quite know how to actually explain that. Okay. The, the fact, the fact of the matter is, is that I've always had a marketing bend in me. Anyway, I've, I've always been very, very entrepreneurial, and the reality of law practice is such that it's very, you know, winner loser, very mm-hmm. confrontational. It's like a profession of gotchas. That just wears on you after years of doing it. And I'm much more collegial. So I I basically was trying to find a way out, trying to find some other way that can replace this, you know, the six-figure income that was coming in when I was practicing law. Mm -hmm. And and then I sort of kind of looked back at sort of my affinities, which included, as I said, marketing. And that's what I went back to. And so that was kind of kind of strange. And the other really interesting thing from that standpoint to sort of close the loop is I ended up making actually much, much, much more money as a publisher doing what I do now than I ever did practicing law. And I did well practicing law. Do you consider you keep saying the word publishing, which I, I agree with. I'm just curious. Do you consider yourself a publisher or do you consider yourself a trainer or a speaker? You know, what do you consider yourself? All of that. The shorthand for it is publisher, because if you try to t- explain what you do to you know other people, the, you know <laughs> they're just like, huh? What? <laughs> it's, yeah. So uh, right. so it's it's publisher. That's that's the closest sort of analogous uh, profession. I'm laughing internally because that's kind of where I went to a couple of years ago. I'm like, I'm a publisher because if I started to explain I'm an internet marketer or. I sell stuff online or I like I would try to different stuff, you know, and they just yeah. have this like, I don't get it. Or what are you selling? Or are you selling like widgets? I mean, you know, right. So I just kind of like, I'm just a publisher. And they'll be like, what publisher of what am I stuff? <laughs> right. Stuff. And my, my usual refrain for that is stuff that sells, hopefully. Yeah, right. Stuff that, that sells. That's what that's what I publish. Yeah, that's great. And it really is. You really are the publishing, you know, I call it direct response marketing, but it's probably publishing business. So Okay, so great. Here we are now, 10 years later, and we're in 2016. So you left in 2006. That's a big shift. 2006 wasn't what I call the best time economically. Of course, you were here in Texas. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't the best time. Then you jumped ship. At least I say that, right? Because the economy, 2006, 2007. And then what do you, what's your kind of your thing you focus on now? Who do you really work with now? What, what kind of publishing things do you do? What's the elixir? You know what I mean? Yeah. First off, I think I actually I need to update my bio. It was 11 years ago. Uh, so I, I actually quit in the, uh, the very, very end of 2004. And, and then I really kind of got into the business in, in 2005. 
And at that point, when one of the reasons why I was really able to bridge the gap in income was I got, you know, I was doing a lot of real estate deals at the time. Yeah. And uh, that was really good, as you say, up through about 2008. And then that sort of all fell out. I'd had the other thing kind of cooking in the background. I'd, I'd put out a product called speakerscruisefree.com. Oh and my God, I remember that. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't buy it, but I think that came across my email. I remember that. I didn't know you yet. That's why I'm laughing because like, I didn't know you yet. Right. But I remember that that particular product. Yeah. And oh, and so yeah. that that sort of uh, helped me to mm -hmm. to understand and learn Internet marketing and publishing and platform building and all this stuff so that when I, I really had to focus sort of away from real estate, because I did not want to go back to working as a lawyer, right? I just, right. I, I really did not want to do that. I mean, I would have, but I needed to find a, a way to support the family that was not that. So I, I had wrote this, uh, this book called Speak on Cruise Ships, Eight Easy Steps to a Lifetime of Free Luxury Cruises. And that book really kind of took off in the background without me doing much of anything from about 2006, 2007, and 2008. But when when I was really looking to to replace that income that I had, you know, coming in with the real estate, I went back to that. Instead of going back to practicing law, I went back to the the whole cruise speaker thing mm -hmm. and said, hey, what can I extract out of this experience and this new knowledge base that I've mastered to, you know, basically roll this forward and, and build a, a larger community. And what I ended up doing, and this is kind of an interesting deal, right? I, what I ended up doing was I took one of the talks that I gave on cruise ships when I would actually do this, and I taught people how to, on the cruise ship, I had a, a lecture called Real Fast Book, which was basically how to, how to write and publish a, a book very, very quickly. So I took the core of that lecture and put it into a product called realfastbook.com, and, and that actually established my brand real fast. Um, and it was just, it's just very, been very organic in that. And then that product took off like wildfire. And the really interesting thing is, is that that happened during the depths of the Great Recession. 2008, 2008 2009, 2009 yeah. 2010. Yeah. And then I saw, wow, this is, this is like awesome sauce, right? Because here it is. And, and this is a, a really important teaching point, I think, that listeners should should, should really sort of glom onto and understand that as you sort of master new skill sets, you, you know, basically turn back to the community, to the platform that you built for yourself, and you teach them, right? So you master something, then, then turn around and teach it to your group. Then master something new, turn around and teach it to your group. It's a, you've heard of a vicious cycle. This is more like a, a delicious cycle, because not only do you your skill sets get broader and more powerful and again give you more options, but it also gives gives you the ability to then train on those things in just the way you put things, right? So that your tribe, the community that you're building around you resonates with how you put things and, and how things are explained and, and so forth. So that's, I, I think, a huge, huge teaching point. A couple of things I have to so I'm laughing over here because back in 2008, Daniel, I was living in Marco Island. And this is at the time, well, I'm sorry, 2006, seven and recession in Florida. So you know, everything's going to crap in a handbasket. Okay. You, you got to get the world of that. Like even waitress jobs or hostess jobs, they were laughing because there was no job. So people were like dying to work at Starbucks. I and mean, that's how bad it was. 
And I remember a friend of mine said, you should go work at cruise ships. I remember this. And so I looked into that. I actually went to east side of Florida, West Palm area, and actually interviewed with some. And what I wanted to do was do speaking for them, right? Because I didn't mm-hmm. want to be part of the, they call it the cabin, like the people who live and work there, but they call it what they call the independent contractors. So they were the speakers and other stuff. So I was like, I want to do that. And I reached, I reached over there and I did that. And I think I picked up your book. I'm pretty sure I did. I'm almost positive I did. And I didn't know it until just like just right now talking to you. I had no idea the connection. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I was like, I didn't know that was you because I did read that book because I'm sitting there in Marco Island. I mean, I'm an island, you know, and I could literally go to Fort Lauderdale in two hours time to go to his cruise ship. But then I, you know, I have a dog and I kind of wanted to have a life. And I was like, because you sometimes have to go on sea for like a week, a week here, there, there. So I didn't do it. I didn't do it. But I definitely looked at that really hard until I moved to Austin in 2008, nine. So isn't that weird? That's super weird. It is. That's, that is, that's bizarre and, and kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Did you, how did you get involved in the cruise ship? Were they out of Galveston or Corpus Christi or were you living somewhere else? Oh my gosh. You know, that's a, that's a whole other that's story. Yeah. Um, but the, it's kind of the, a fun the, one because it's a different world. Like you go into the cruise ship world, it's this whole nother universe. You know what I mean? Like they all know each other and they're kind of, it's a small community, believe it or not. I mean, their ships are Very small, much so. But the community is small, you know? So that's really interesting. All right. I want to talk about that. But I do love the fact that you said you learn something and you really master it when you teach it. That's kind of how I feel. It's like you learn it to a level that you, you feel confident in it. And then the, the mastery comes in the teaching of it. When you start teaching something, I feel like that's when you start to master the actual art of it. What do you think of that? Oh, I definitely agree with that because you are, you know, if you're doing it right and you're really truly helping your community, you're taking in the feedback that they're giving you yeah. and, and adjusting for their mm-hmm. problems because you saw it one way, you experienced it one way and they're experiencing it, you know, some different way. And you're, you know, basically guiding them, mentoring that person and learning in the process. So I definitely agree with what you just said. So Real Fast Results, you started a podcast. And what's the podcast about? I mean, I was on there. Are you focused on entrepreneurs? What was the intention of the podcast and how long have you been doing it? So the first question is essentially each episode is designed to be a freestanding information product mm. in which the first question I ask is, what are we promising today? And I, I asked that to you when you were on this show. Yeah, that was funny. And, and then it's my job and the guest job to extract the information and the steps that people could actually follow to get the desired result or the stated result at the very beginning of the podcast. So they're business results and they're meant to be sort of bite sized, relatively easily doable things that people can just pick up for free because you know the obviously it, the the podcast is available for free on iTunes and tune into an episode and say okay yeah I want to like with your show I want to learn to be an awesome podcast guest well Heather Havenwood there's my episode download it listen to it implement it right then and that's the idea of real fast results interesting i'm actually looking at my page i'm looking at my page at realfastresults.com right now in the lower left-hand corner, I'm, I'm there right now, and I've focused on how to be a great guest on podcasts. And you really do. You really were an amazing job of you create the PDF show notes so people can literally download or they can listen, depending, which, by the way, I think is really powerful. I have to say, I have a, a friend here, and uh, you, know, you probably know Rick Hamilton. He's part of the internet marketing community. He's deaf, you know, and he has a hearing aid, but he's, you know, technically he's fully deaf, and he, he says that he wants to be on my podcast. 
but he doesn't know how to do it because I keep telling him I want to interview him. And he's like, well, I, I can't hear you, you know? Like, ah, right. how do we do this? You know, because he's so amazing. He's a great entrepreneur. So we're actually looking at figuring out how to do a video, right? And then and then extract the audio for him. Um, but anyway, I think it's kind of cool. So back to this. You lay it out, three steps of being a great podcast host, which was mine, benefits of being a great guest. And you, you literally lay it out. So each episode is like a true information marketing product, which is pretty exciting. So tell me about, I mean, let's let's kind of use that analogy here on, on mine, because that's kind of new for me, the win. I mean, how do you publish a, in what I call your, a real book fast? What's the fastest book you've written? Well, the, you know, the really cool thing is it actually comes out of the podcast itself. One of the things that we're doing is using, I call this method, the record and transcribe method mm. of creating a book. It's not really writing a book. It's actually creating the book. And that's where you have a conversation, much like we're having right now. And then you have that book transcribed. I use rev.com, for example, to do that. And then we take that and I usually ship it off to an editor who then sort of kind of puts it into grammatically correct form and puts in the punctuation, just basically does what needs to be done so that it reads properly. And then we, then we publish these books. Uh, your episode will be no different. It's the time it takes for me to actually have a conversation is the shortest time that we've, we've had to do, you know, put these books together. That's pretty powerful. I'm actually looking at your website right now. I apologize, y'all. I have a new dog with me. It's not my normal dog. My dog's laying in my bed half asleep. But my other dog, Buddy, who I usually have with me, is, is going crazy in the background. There's probably some lawnmower outside. So I apologize. So my question to you is now is you actually help people get on Amazon, right? You help people launch their book on Amazon. Can you tell us more like, exactly how you do that? Oh, absolutely. You know, the really cool thing is Amazon has literally leveled the playing field for folks like us that have a message that could really help a particular community or a particular group of people. And in the old days, when we, you know, when we wanted to pitch a book, for example, we had to go through traditional publishers. And if we dared even think about self-publishing, there was a huge stigma that was kind of carried along with that idea of, of self-publishing. Well, because of Amazon and because of the tools that are now in place, the stigma is gone. And you and I, when we publish a book, we can go toe to toe with any of the New York trade publishers, any of the big time authors, mm -hmm. and we get to compete in that marketplace and then let the market decide whether our stuff is good. Mm -hmm. And how do we know that, by the way? Mm -hmm. Well, we know because people vote with their dollars. They either buy your book or they don't buy your book. And I just love that. I love that democratization of the publishing marketplace buy and through Amazon. And uh, there's another company that I use uh, that does print on demand type mm -hmm. of like real books called Ingram Spark that I absolutely adore. Mm -hmm. And Barnes and Noble, the Nook Press, it's called where you could actually publish your books directly to the Nook, which is a great thing, you know, as well. So that's how I do it. That's awesome. Now, so today, about an hour and a half ago, I just completed my uh, Sexy Boss book on Creative Space, right? So and that's via Amazon to physical. Because honestly, Daniel, I've, my book has been digital ever since it was created 2013. All my other ones are 2011. I've never had a physical book. What do you think of that? Do you think that there's been kind of some blog posts out there that physical books are dead or books are dead? You know, I don't know if that's just probably marketing. What do you, I mean, what do you think of the future of podcasting and publishing right now in 2016? What, what, what's your take? 
So let me handle that first question first, which sure. is the physical book, because I get to ask a question similar to this all the time. Daniel, I've got this great content. I want to get it out into the world. What format should I put my stuff out in? You know, I, I, there's the iBookstore, there's Nook, there's Kindle, there's, right. there's you know, uh, Udemy, there's, you know, all these different places to disseminate your information. And the way I respond to those questions and the way I'm going to respond to you right now is to ask yourself, do you know where your prospect is and what they are using, what device they are using? Do you know their preferences? You know, do they want to buy a Kindle book? Do they want to buy a physical book? Do they want to go on uh, Skillshare or Amazon uh, Video Direct and watch a course there? And the answer for most people is you don't know. I mean, yeah, you might have some inkling, but for most of us, we don't know. Therefore, you should start with those platforms that make the most sense where you have at least some data that people are buying your stuff and then move on to another platform and try to get your content disseminated on as many different platforms as is possible because that way you get to catch more people, right? Mm -hmm. You get to catch more potential prospects and books, physical books, going back to your question on that, physical books are so important. Do not discount them. In fact, there's been a resurgence of sales of physical books hmm. such that it's it's actually been become more popular in the last, say, nine months to buy physical books than it is to, like, say, buy a Kindle book. So that's a good move on your part. And I love Create Space as well. I, did, I didn't know that. Do you know why that is? What's your take on that? What's your take on why that resurgence in, nine, in the last nine months? Well, it actually probably goes back more than nine, but uh, so nine. I, yes. Yeah. So the thing is, I believe what's happened is people still like the experience of picking up a book, looking at its cover, going through the pages, being able to lay on the couch and, you know, sort of flip through. They like the experience of that. They like to be able to come home and look at their shelf and see all of their favorite books up on the shelf. I mean, it's, you know, it's from a decorative standpoint. It, it makes them feel good. So oh, I, 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 I think that it's, it's, part, it's a part of the experience that people are buying into. It's kind of like going to, going to the movie theater versus watching the same movie on a, you know, small TV in your house, right? It's, right. it's a different experience. You know, so I, I'm giggling over here, Daniel, because... My boyfriend, who's 48, so he probably will not listen to this episode. At least I'll tell him not to. I make fun of him all the time because he, he's got these old VHSs and these old DVDs. He's got this you know, library of VHS and DVD. And to me, I'm like, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> let it go. I'm like, isn't there an app for that? Letitgo.com. I, you know, I'm, I'm, he's out of town right now, so I'm, I'm concerned I might go over there and just start throwing away his VHS. He'll kill me if I ever do that. But I think it is, it's, <laughs> yeah. me, I'm like, why would you do that? There's this thing called digital. But it is, um, I think it's just difference. It's a preference of, of people and having the physicality of something and having it in their hand and having it on the shelf, you know, it definitely is different. And it's, there's a shift in, in I got the generation. There's some people in the, gen the generation Z or X or whatever it is now, right? I, I got called ZXY that only wants digital. Here's a question I have, though, for you, because you're kind of the cutting edge of this. 
I've only been on Amazon. You know, I'm only on Amazon and I'm just writing down notes here. You said Amazon Video Direct. You said Udemy. Like, by the way, my course or not my course, excuse me, my podcast that you transcribed is on Udemy. You sent me that email. I literally was like, what? What's that? I've never been on Udemy before. What's that? So how did you do Like, What was that? What's that strategy? It's pretty cool, actually. Okay, so so one of the things there there are these platforms out there. Um, yeah. I think they're called MOOCs, M O O C. Like uh, I don't remember, but but basically they're the, these massive online open source courses, right? And Udemy is one of these platforms where you can publish your courses to the Udemy platform, and people there can buy them, and you get a percentage of of the sale. If you drive the traffic on Udemy to to your course on Udemy, basically you get to earn 97% of the sale of that person's uh, you know purchase. Okay. Uh, if Udemy drives the traffic, uh, then you make 50% of the sale. But the way I look at Udemy, and as as you can tell, uh, one of the things that we do with them is that within the Udemy, uh, the Udemy sort of walled garden, you get to send out four educational announcements a month and two promotional announcements a month to your students on Udemy. Okay. Okay. So I want you to write that down. I'm writing that down. That's powerful. Go ahead. It's super powerful because you could actually put up free courses on Udemy to get lots of students in. And now you get to send them a promotional announcement or actually in that case, you could do educational announcements. So one of the things that, that I do, and as you you were actually the one of the beneficiaries of this, right, is I will take my podcast episodes and I will make that the subject of one of my educational announcements. So I send people and I'm and I'm sending the I'm sending the email mm-hmm. through the Udemy system for free mm-hmm. and it builds up my podcast audience as well. So I use Udemy. The long and the short of it here is is that yeah, it's nice and it spins off a little bit of income, but that's not the real reason why I'm working it. The real reason is it's prospects, it's it's lead generation and it's nurturing of those leads. That's what I'm doing and and that's one of the things that uh, we did with your show. That's pretty powerful. I'm I'm, I'm literally taking notes. <laughs> I got a little notepad here. I'm like, okay, cuz that's a, that's a huge traffic source. I've never seen anyone do that before. How long have you been doing it? Because I know I, I, I was a couple of weeks ago, but have you been doing it for more than a year? Can you give us no, no, no. Uh-uh. It's been probably months. about uh, well, the, my podcast launched on uh, May 26th of 2016. So okay. it has not been that long. And we waited probably until maybe August before we actually started that. Yeah. But we're seeing the results because we're, we're tracking clicks. And like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm so glad we're doing this. I think the last one that went out got 18 clicks. Which, you know, like, so you're saying, well, so what? What's 18 no, clicks? That's, no, that's a lot because that's 18 clicks to your podcast for subscribing. Exactly. That builds, exactly. That builds. People don't understand that the power of exponential. Remember back in, uh, in, in Absolutely. high school or junior high when your math teacher goes, the power of exponential. Okay, just, okay. Going back it's cumulative. It's, it's cumulative. cumulative. It's really is yeah. cumulative. Mm-hmm. I was just um, with a friend of ours, uh, Matt Harmon, if you know him here in Austin yesterday, and we were looking at some of his stats and he's getting about 25 or 50 opt-ins specifically off this one campaign. And I'm like, that's really good. He's like, no, it's not. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's 50 a day, every day. 
times 30 times 12 times time. I mean, like that's a, that's great. You could really build a successful business there. He didn't really, Absolutely. he was like, no, it's not that much. I'm like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. You know, let's breathe in. It is. Yep. It, um, it is. It's great. I, I'll, really I'll take that. I you know. know. I was like, every day and I'll twice on that. Sunday. <laughs> so I told him like, well, if you could just do it for me, then I'll, I'll take that from you. Do you use yeah. any more other than Udemy? I just did a search under MOOC, Massive Open Online Courses Industry, which I didn't even know it existed until this moment. There's a few in there. Are you using any others or do you just kind of try this baby out on Udemy? Mostly it's just on Udemy because they're sort of the 800 pound gorilla. Sure. Cool. Well, that's a really awesome strategy. And some people might be going, how can I use that? I'm on a service provider. I'm a chiropractor. I'm a dentist. And I don't know. Just think outside the box when you're cre maybe creating a product or a service. Let's just say a product. You can go on a Udemy and create the course. Let me give you an example of how I actually purchased something outside of Udemy and someone got me through the traffic. Okay. So I went on Udemy and bought this like $27 course on how to do Infusionsoft better. Right. I wanted to learn Infusionsoft a little better because it's complicated. And I got a course from this girl. This girl was extremely good at teaching. Like she's just very slow, methodical. And I liked her teaching style. So I reached out to her privately on her website. And I think I paid her something around three or $400 to do a consult with me. So right there, I mean, I don't know what she made off the 27. I'm sure it wasn't that much. But then out of that, I reached out to her and she got a $300 deal out of it. You know, so that's the power of it, I think. Something like that. Okay, so I'm going to wrap it up. I, Daniel, thank you so much. Tell me how they can find you. I gave them a ton of websites, but how do you want them to find you? What do you want them to do? Well, the first stop folks should do is go check out your awesome podcast episode at realfastresults.com forward slash 41, where you, Heather, basically take folks through and show how to generate massive traffic by being a great podcast guest, because you are just an awesome guest. And people really need to learn that regardless of the field. And check out the realfastresults.com site, because when you go there, I have, there's a little screen pop that will come up and it will allow you to get eight free video tutorials on some of these really cool strategies. For example, I'll give you another, another great one yeah. that folks can check out and actually learn how to do at realfastresults.com. But one of the cool things that you could do going back to sort of this uh, publication and Kindle thing is you could actually take what's ever on your blog and publish that blog directly to Amazon Kindle and create a mini membership site out of it as well. And, and folks can get that free just by heading on over to realfastresults.com and letting the little page pop up and just subscribe there. And you, you get instant access to exactly how to go about doing that. And there's like nine other really cool strategies in video tutorials that folks get by opting in at realfastresults.com. So that's the best place to go. Well, I'm going to go right now because I'm very interested in the mini membership on Amazon because that's powerful. Again, another huge lead generation source, right? Amazon. And I'm curious what you do on Amazon Video Direct. So we'll have another conversation about that another time. But go check out realfastresults.com forward slash 41 is mine. Yep. Um, or go just check, check out some other ones. And thank you so much, Daniel, for being here tonight. We'll see. I'll see you later tonight at uh, the Internet Marketing Party here in Austin. But you guys are listening to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Go check us out at heatherhavenwood.com. All right, everyone. See you next week. Thank you for listening to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Interested in coaching with Heather? Go to heatherhavenwood.com and sign up for a business discovery consultation. 
Here is your free gift for listening. Get three audio chapters of Heather's book, Sexy Boss, How Women Empowerment is Changing the Rulebook, when you text the word sexy to 7200. Again, text the word sexy, that is S-E-X-Y, to 7200 and receive your three audiobook chapters. Number is good only in North America. For outside the USA, text SEXY to plus one three two three four five seven double two double eight. Text SEXY to plus one three two three four five seven double two double eight. Long distance charges may apply. Heather wants to hear from you. Questions you want answered on the show. Comments. Interview requests. Email media at sexybossinc.com or leave a private voicemail. 51 Boss is me. Again, the number is 512-677-4763. Check out all of Heather's sites. Heatherhavenwood.com Sexybossinc.com E2Lab.com DatingTriggers.com This is a sexy boss rap. This podcast is a copyright of Havenwood Worldwide, LLC.